All right, let's do this. Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, a little information for yourself and the listeners. These are your trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about horror movies, horror culture, and dark things, which can involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse, F-bombs, all the messed up things. So if that sounds like something that you're not interested in, sorry to hear that. Um, you should get some more culture in your life. GTFO. And- <laughs> yeah, right. But if you're into that sort of thing, sit down, grab some popcorn, listen to us talk about all kinds of fucked up shit. Before we get started, um, coming up on the calendar, let's see. Next week, we're going to be interviewing... Adrian Garcia Bogliano, director of Late Phases and other such awesome works, as well as Kareem Hussein, cinematographer from Hobo with a Shotgun, as well as recently Possessor. So that should be some fun Mm -hmm. times and awesomeness. But today we have with us the awesome Joe Davison, actor, producer, writer, all around just maker of awesome things. Uh, He was most people know him from his cameo in the uh, Stranger Things episode as one of the control techs, uh, but he's also writer and director of such works as A Hundred Tears. Um, as Night Falls. As Night Falls. What was it, Experiment 7, and Joe? Frostbite. Yes, sir. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hello, Joe. Welcome hey. to the show. Hi. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> I did it again. I did the whole hello thing. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why. I can't help it. It's anything, it's I guess. It's the weed. Are you... Are you a fan of Futurama by any chance? I yeah, I love Futurama. <laughs> Fry is like my spirit animal. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So in- just a hapless pizza delivery guy gets frozen in time for five hundred years. I would love that to happen. Right. I'd be okay. With that. Well, yeah. I don't know. Wife and kids might not be too fond of that, but yeah. I would be upset about that. <laughs> for you have a, a dog. Bit, Wait, but then I would also have a jetpack. So I'd be like, don't well. Let's, let's not bring up the dog. That's a, that's a sensitive subject. Um, so in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering your childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like, sort of a psychological profile sort of thing. But it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there are any questions you don't want to answer, you just say, I'll pass and we'll move on. Um, okay. But starting with childhood. And thank you. See you guys later. Yes. <laughs> right, nice like, talking that's to you. on the whole interview. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Dip. <laughs> Two hours late and nothing to say. Right. <laughs> uh so what are your what are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Mm, prom night. I saw prom the drive in uh, with my family. That's okay. the scariest. Okay. That was at that moment I, I couldn't have been maybe uh I was probably in fifth grade, maybe. Okay. You know, I don't know when prom night came out. I remember we saw that in the theater though, oh. uh, or in the drive-in. So mm-hmm. I remember I had to hide underneath the, the, the seat <laughs> of the back seat. I think I hid or tried to hide under it. Cause it was so scary. Mm-hmm. I think she like cuts a dude's head off and it like slides across the floor and shit. And that's like what got me. <laughs> so that's all the good stuff. So prom night, what else? Anything else? Oh man. Yeah, um, Prom Night is like the first movie horror movie that I saw as a child that I remember mm-hmm. that that scared the shit out of me. And I specifically because we were in the drive-in and I was in my parents' car and and I just remember that whole weirdness. Uh, and then I remember Carrie. Okay, Carrie mm-hmm. was pretty great. 
Uh, I've never seen that. But the one that blood. the one that got me, I think the most scariest one I saw as a child was probably Poltergeist. Yes. Yep. Uh, I've never one. seen, you know, I mean, I was, I grew, I was an 80, 80s kid, man. I was born in 75, you know, so at 10 years old, that's 1985, man. At that point, I saw some of the best movies that were ever to be made, mm, you know? Yeah. So, like, you don't, <laughs> after, like, 88, I don't think good movies came around again until, like, recently, mm. like, honestly. Um, yeah, you're not far off. So, you know, I was, I was just this, this middle school you know, uh, elementary school kid just watching things like Gremlins and Critters. I think may have been out then. I remember watching I think Critters that. Was like late '80s, early '90s. Was it? At least for the first. See, it's all confusing because I don't remember what I saw first because I think I've seen right. everything. Uh-huh, so, right. well, not everything. Like there's shit out there I haven't seen in a long time, like Doll Man Five or whatever. But you know what <laughs> I mean. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. But you know, I remember as a kid that's that became my fascination. By fifth grade, I was already in horror films and reading Fangoria. There was there was Seven uh, Eleven at the end yep. of my street where I lived that I could walk to, and I'd walk down there and I'd spend my allowance on the Fangoria and I'd read it. And uh, that's when I first learned about Tom Savini and I, mm-hmm. um, uh, who else was it back then? Mm. Rick Baker. Rick maybe? Baker. I want to say there was a school ad for Baker's school, maybe mm-hmm. in the back of Fangoria, you know, but that's just when I, I just, you know, it was crazy, man. So that was my early childhood. And by fifth grade, I was ready to roll, man. Hmm. So by the time I got into middle school, you know, I was, I was a horror kid. Cool. Yeah. Out of curiosity, you mentioned uh poltergeist. So we've had kind of, two schools of thought with this and in, in past experience people bringing that up for you was it the tree or the clown man the clown didn't scare me I was, i'm not afraid of a doll i never like well, that for that, obvious that, reasons i mean well true dirty. but I, yeah i never yeah the clown didn't scare me i was more intrigued by the, the how it worked i what got me with poltergeist was the fact that like there's ghosts in the house, mm-hmm. you know, and some are bad and evil. And that's got me on, you know, got me there with the don't turn the lights off. There's a fucking ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, does kind of literally bring it home, you know? Like, yeah. Your house can now be the thing. That I think what it. got me the most was the pool with the yeah, skeletons and shit. For me, it was the pool. It was, it was just like and the, then dead the tribal built, the you know, way. built on ancient rituals. Cause I remember thinking like, don't talk to Indians for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I was afraid of that. that aspect of that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was afraid of like rituals and sacred grounds and cemeteries and, you know, pet cemeteries. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Shook me up. Uh That shook me up a lot. Nothing more than just seeing that bloody shoe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, that's what got me there. Anyway, sorry. I feel like we have to be in specific order and I don't want to bounce around. No. That happens a lot. Don't worry about it. Um, So. Prom night was the first one you remember. What uh, what did you love about Carrie? Well, this might go in deeper into psyche now that I think about it. But um, I thought it was hot at the end when they poured the blood all over her and stuff, and she started just executing bitches in the gym. I thought that was like, all right, this is hot. <laughs> you know, disagree. you know. So I think that you know, Carrie was. I don't know if I was more scared with Carrie than I was fascinated at telekinetic power or some shit like that because you know I was reading. I mean, let's see, Carrie came out 87, 
I'm guessing. I don't know. I have a computer in front of me. I could look it up mm. and be sound like I'm smart as shit. I could be like, yeah, Carrie in 1986, directed by blah, blah, blah. Which I can't even remember who directed it right now. Mm. But I, I was reading comic books too, man. And all that, that was like prevalent stuff in comic books. Yeah. You know, and mm. it just kind of, I was like, wow, you can have television hours and be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's not just know. for comic book heroes. Right, it's for everyone yes. to destroy people with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because we all know if we had superpowers. There'd be some crazy motherfuckers out there. Dude, I, yeah, me for sure. First thought is rob a bank. I would envelop all of Neo Tokyo and grow a metal arm and then grow into a giant mutant testicle baby. <laughs> that sounds about right well, for you. <laughs> try not to, to explode on, you know, and nuke everybody. Well, you know, it's only crush this one chick named Cowrie, so it's okay. Yeah. She doesn't matter. So deep cut. So uh, with Carrie, you're saying <laughs> what about Tetsuo? What about Tetsuo though? I thought he was. Well, yeah, that's that's who I was in that. Yeah, yeah. was in that scenario. Oh right, yeah. Seventy six Carrie came out. Yeah, I just looked that up. That's, Me too. I thought it was later. Mm. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Mm. Maybe I saw Carrie first. Well, just because it came out earlier yeah, doesn't mean you saw it in that order. It does, it's true. It doesn't. Yeah, because we rented movies every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we had a VCR and stuff, man. We rent like ten movies at a pop and just plow through movies all weekend. Right. Um. So Carrie being hot at the end, was that like on the edge of your puberty type of thing, or? Well, I mean, I don't know now because I was born in '75. This came out in '76, so I don't know when the hell I saw it. You know, but I remember being very like intrigued and thinking that was maybe maybe not sexually hot, but like just watching the cinematography and all of it was hot to me Hmm. because I started writing. Now, if you really want to get into it, I started writing uh, in fourth grade. Okay. Wow. I was writing little, little like 10 page short stories for my mom. Hmm. Uh, involving werewolves and vampires and that kind of stuff, and she thought I was a Fruit Loop. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, she just, you know, I was just like, oh, that's nice, dear. And then she found all the Fangorias and threw all those out. Oh, <laughs> dude, I had some of the first man. They're all gone. Aww. I remember the covers, dude. Mm-hmm. So I remember what's in them, but I remember some of the covers. <laughs> it's been a while. It's the important stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of my first was uh, uh, had Rawhead Rex. Ah. Nice. And I remember I I was like, what is this creature? It looks amazing. And I read all about it. And it was years before I actually saw the movie because none of my theaters, my, none of my video stores in rural Ocala uh, had knew what the fuck Rawhead Rex was. I don't. <laughs> but no? between the two of us, Chris is the horror fan. I'm like the psych guy. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah Rawhead Rex is a really great uh, horror film that was shot over in, I want to say England, but I think it was actually yeah. like Scotland, maybe. And, I think uh, I'll mix it too. Yeah, it's based off a short story by Clive Barker, and it's just, hmm. it's really cool and very simple. It's this it's, creature that just rampages a, a dude, countryside. I watched, them. I was so excited to show my 14 year old son this movie, and uh-huh. I sat down with him to watch it. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, it doesn't hold up. Yeah. It doesn't no, no, it hold up. You know, now when you're like, 
hey, this is uh, Ray Harryhausen. He's a claymation artist. This is what this is going to look like. When you go in expecting that, it's like, okay, that's great. But when you watch Rawhead Rex again, and you're like, wow, that lightning is like cheap. When it's like, <laughs> how did they like, did they just like hand paint that onto the film like what did they like i don't understand they may have they may have man they may have so like watching it again and i'm just remember i'm like looking at my son and then after it was over i was just like listen a lot of things inspired me as a child i can't make excuses (laughs) for all of them but this movie is dear to me Mm -hmm. so and he's like that's cool i'm gonna play fortnite (laughs) like 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 are we are we done now? Yeah. Can, can I go back? He's to like, the father, day? son, time done. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Don't. I'm going to go get on my, on my Fortnite with my buddy Hamstick98 and go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, Rod Rex, you know, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you said that Prom Night scared you. Do you remember... Just specifically, it's either Prom Night or Carrie who has the head going across the floor, and now I can't remember it because they're kind of the same now that I think about it. Uh, Where, how can I say this? Where did you go from being afraid of these things to thinking they were cool? I never was afraid of them. Okay. Yeah, I was never, I never, my childhood was interrupted very early when I was six. Okay. So I I never really, uh, after that nothing really scared me anymore do you want to you know demons and fucking clowns and shit that's get out of here get out of my face mm-hmm. with that shit i know that's not scary like you know even the you know anybody who tries to like I, I think uh there's different flavors in horror and i think i'm a very certain kind of flavor i like horror comedy uh and i like kind of over the top i don't like bad acting i try to get really good actors for my films I don't, I don't pride myself on, uh, this is just a tit show. Uh, you know, I I don't want to do that. I kind of want to actually make movies and tell stories and have a good time and do it and entertain people. And I got children and I want to make kids movies eventually someday, but I don't want to like, uh, I'm not this guy in, in the horror world who, who is drawn to certain kind of horror genres, which is like, gore porn kind of stuff mm-hmm. or uh you know that that kind of stuff. anyway so um what was i talking about i was drawn I think the point you were getting at was how you were always interested in horror and it never scared you yeah out. right right so uh i just like to make fun of it i like to have fun with the characters i love to create these characters that are just bl- just blow people's imaginations away uh who you know of course you i mean anyone could think of anything i'm not saying that i'm like captain fucking think of everything but what i'm saying is like example yesterday i was at the park with my daughters they like to my one daughter alexa loves to dress up she's she's a hundred percent a little joe she is uh she's got a ton of costumes she has um she has these doll dresses and harlequin dresses and her favorite uh doll is she's got a doll chucky a chucky doll that she plays with and she's got a chucky pillowcase and a nike it's ridiculous she's five years old man and she's like she's just in horror and i didn't show it to her i just got to be specific about this i didn't show her horror films i didn't say this is what daddy does if you came into our house you wouldn't realize that i made horror films because our walls are littered with family photos Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know it 
Okay. I never showed her this. I never told her this. She got a hold of a Chucky video on YouTube one day. And out of nowhere, she came up to me and my wife, and she was like, I like Chucky. And I was like, and me immediately, I went to Chucky the doll. And my wife was like, is he in your class? <laughs> and I was like, no, I think she means the serial killer, you know, Chucky, uh, possessed yeah. psycho toy doll. <laughs> of course, you would jump to that. And yeah. Of course. And she goes, uh, and then she's like, yeah watch and she brought over and it was a scene uh in <laughs> where he's i don't know with tiffany and they're killing something or whatever and i was like alexa i was like you you're five years old you cannot watch this and she's like i'm not afraid of it it's not real and i looked wow. at her and i was like you are my daughter <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know and i looked at my wife and i said Man, i don't care and she's like ah, i don't care <laughs> we're like all right yeah. so you know my daughter is very much this horror girl now she watches the twilight zone she watched i caught her in the my wife's bed watching an old alfred hitchcock episode she's five she's five and she's watching alfred hitchcock well, at least she's enjoying the she old stuff yeah. yeah yeah i was like who Going are you do you have a message for me from the past yeah, right? from another director yeah like <laughs> who are you <laughs> who are you really yeah you're not my daughter you're some star child <laughs> so yeah so anyways uh but to, I, like i said i had a very traumatic experience uh at about six do you mind uh sharing that briefly? change you know you, you have an aspect on life yeah man uh at about three in the morning we were woken up and uh by my mom and our house is on fire oh. oh shit so uh there was my four sisters and myself and my mom and my dad and what happened was my dad he come he worked late so he'd come home to make so, you know he'd come home from work or whatever he's making pasta or something fell asleep yeah my mom had made us like hamburgers earlier mm. so there was a pan of grease on the stove mm. so he turned on the wrong burner went to sleep woke up to the fucking fire alarm going off the kitchen is engulfed in flames he grabs the pot of water oh the made it worse thing of water and fucking threw it on and grease went fucking everywhere lit him up almost killed him he had 60 percent of his body burned. wow but that's not what that's that that's all a separate thing what what is the create what stopped me from being afraid of anything was the fact that uh the house was already on fire for like 20 minutes before we were we were trying to get out of it oh my god so we had to get out of this burning house and i remember seeing my father engulfed in flames jump out a window yeah, at six uh, years yeah. old, that'll do it. And then uh, you know, and then uh, he got better. They said he'd never walk again, or use his legs, or his arms, or his hands. And then, like two years later, man, that motherfucker was back working in the warehouse. Huh. You know, mm-hmm. and they uh, it was cool, man. They said he'd never get his hair back. He had he had black hair, and his hair came back silver, thick, mm. like he made this pompadour out of it now and shit. Mm. Like, you know, so that after like witnessing all that shit kind of at six years old, and it was very like slow motion y to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, man, there ain't nothing worse than fire. <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing worse than fire. Yeah. So, um, nothing that, and you know, do you believe in ghosts? Do you not believe in ghosts? What is the real factor? It is it, who knows? Nobody knows. Wow. You know, I just realized this is kind of 
a literal real life interpretation of this joke I always make to try and, you know, uh, lighten the mood or, or make things seem better. Like when you're having a shitty day, yeah, don't like, throw you know, water on a grease fire. No, no. I, I oh. say, uh, you know, if, if you go through life uh, expecting the worst, you're pleasantly surprised around every corner. Like for instance, I didn't wake up on fire today, so right. it's a good day. Exactly. That's yeah. Every, every scary thing or, you know, creepy graphic thing in a horror movie is fine because I didn't wake up and my house wasn't on fire. Right. So there you go. By comparison, it's not that bad. And it's not, man. It's not. And, you know, that's that was the first time I faced death and fire head on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I made a, you know, I made a challenge that day to myself when I was, I was being, I remember it all so vividly, man. You know, I remember like being held by the fireman when the fireman had me. And I remember looking back at the fire and I was like, you're never going to get me, hmm. you know? And, uh, that was the first time crazy shit like that happened. <laughs> Were there others? Yeah. yeah. Like what? Yeah. And uh, at 25, I think, no, it wasn't 25. Let's see. It was uh, 2002. Uh, I was married. I just finished this movie. In fact, oddly enough, it was my first time working with Tom Savini. He and I played detectives together. Oh, yeah, unearthed. Unearthed. And I was coming back. We, I lived in England. They flew me back to finish the movie. And uh, my wife was stationed overseas at Lake and Heath Air Force Base. My wife at the time. And then um, they flew me back. I came back. We finished the movie. We had a little rap party. We're coming home from the rap party. You know, we were driving. I wasn't. I was in the back. Pa- I was in the back passenger seat. And. Uh, the director was in the passenger seat and this other kid was driving. He was hauling ass, man. I don't know, doing about 80 miles an hour and a turn came up on this dirt road and we went straight and we hit a oak tree the size of a truck Hmm. at about 86 miles an hour. Huh. And uh, it almost ripped the Volkswagen in half and it slammed me against the back of the passenger seat i debolted the the seat from the floorboard i shoved craig into the dashboard as the airbag was going off uh i cracked through his ribs i destroyed the inside of the car put my left leg through the console and put the gear shift into the radio i had to get like three stitches in my kneecap because of that Three stitches, dude. They I cut was off my favorite say, pair of jeans. You got out lucky. They cut off. Yeah. No, no, I'm not done. They cut off my yeah. favorite pair of jeans to put those three fucking stitches on. I was like, yo, these are my favorite jeans. <laughs> okay, cool. I could have taken them off. <laughs> uh, but what happened was I had hit the back of the passenger seat with such force that I spiral fractured my humerus bone mm. and crushed my radial nerve. And had no use of my arm. It was dead. And they, I got taken to the hospital ambulance. And I was out of it. And finally, a doctor came into me. He goes, uh, can you feel that? And I was like, no. He's like, how about that? I was like, no. And he's like, look at your hand. I looked down. He had a fucking needle the size of, like, I don't know, a pen sticking in the top of my hand. He goes, you can't feel that? I was like, no. He goes, you have what's called dead hand. Yeah, <laughs> like, that sounds it's a nice. Uh, nice technical medicine yeah. for it. I said that sounds great. 
He goes, yeah, you, uh, he goes, you crushed your radial nerve and you have a spiral fracture. He showed me x-rays. I didn't even know they did x-rays. He showed me x-rays. It looked fucking gross. And uh, he goes, the only way I can tell that if you're ever going to use your hand again is if I cut open your arm and look at your radial nerve. I was like, do whatever fuck you got to do, doc. Yeah, I was going to say at that point, it's like, you know what? Can you fix it? Yeah, do it. So I get out of surgery. I wake up. My hand's not working. It's all fucking in a thing, and it's all fucked up. I'm all fucked up. And uh, I had over 300 stitches in my left arm. That uh, Wow. Yeah, from my elbow to my shoulder, uh, they had to open my arm up to look at my radial nerve because that's where I crushed it. I crushed on the outside of my right arm as I hit the back of the passenger seat because that's what I used to protect myself. I knew I was I was like, I'm going to launch at a million miles an hour here in a second. Mm-hmm. So I adjusted to hit the back seat like a linebacker because uh, okay. I didn't have my seatbelt yeah. on. And here's where the creepy fucking shit comes in. This is like the fire. I'm sitting in the back seat. We're almost to Craig's house. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. Mm-hmm. We got like one turn to make, which we didn't make. And then like, we're at his house. I hear this voice go, put your seatbelt on. It was so vivid. I turned and looked at the passenger seat. Cause I thought maybe I forgot somebody was next to me. And I looked and I was like, what? Hmm. And I looked back ahead and, and the driver hmm. and Craig were laughing and I watched him floor it. And he just hauling ass and uh, I remember looking at the speedometer. It was over 80 miles an hour. And I hear, put your seat belt on. And I looked again. And I had time to re- I remember I went to reach for it. And I was like, why? We're almost home. And I didn't. And then totally. I see the car go off the road. And I just saw the, that tree come into the headlights. And I had enough time to let go of the seatbelt and adjust to the impact. Mm-hmm. And I remember those words and that voice. <laughs> to this day, put your seatbelt on. Hodor. So I say it every time I get in the car now. Every time to everybody. My wife yeah, hates right. it because she fucking hates wearing <laughs> a seatbelt. And I'm like, I was like, get your, I, I'm like, put your seatbelt on. I'm not going to say it again because you're not going to hit a tree at 80 miles an hour and survive again. That only happens once. So, yeah. So that, you know, when you, when that was the second time I faced death, I felt, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because. The first time is the fire. We're all in the house. The fire, it's engulfed. The smell of human flesh burning is something you'll never want to experience. Mm. And then, especially if someone you love. Yeah. Yeah. Or the chance that you're going to be next. True. You know? Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, when you were talking earlier, I was wondering whether or not, uh, I can't remember the phrasing you used, but I was wondering if you were more afraid for yourself or your, for your father because of, you know, based on what you said, you saw, I don't know, man. I don't know if I was afraid for him. I don't remember feeling afraid. I remember feeling attacked by the fire. If that makes Fair. any sense. Yeah. I'd say it's probably more of an adrenaline Fair. kind of thing, especially if you're that young, all you can think of is the simple impulse of holy shit. This is yeah. I don't know, shit. man. I can, I can this describe, I can still describe the living room to you as it engulfed in flames. I imagine so, you know, but I don't remember being, I just remember being like wanting to like fight something like the fire, you know, like how Mm -hmm. dare you come in my house and fucking try to attack us. I took it as like a personal threat. I always have Hmm. me and fire. Don't get along. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how you felt about uh, Freddy. Uh, yeah, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, <laughs> I do. I really, I like the. I have a hard time trying to understand where they're going with him because he's a. Uh, it was supposed to, meant to be scary, and the winner was supposed to be Nancy, but really, who came out on top was Freddy, and somehow we're idolizing mm-hmm. a pedophile. Because he's supposed to be like a yeah. pedophile, and you know that was something that got kind of dropped, like, or it's really like mis misconstrued. Like he wasn't a pedophile; the parents just overreacted and fucking set him on fire, and now he's coming back to kill all their kids, which then makes right. him a child murderer to to proclaim his yeah, innocence so of being a pedophile. Better there. So. Right. Like, I, I think they had the idea of his character and they were like, yeah, he's going to be a badass and it's going to be cool. And and people are going to, you know, identify with the villain more because he's cool and evil, but also cool. And then, like, after the fact, someone retconned. Also, he chi- he killed and made molested yeah. children. Like, uh, all right. Yeah, we can, yeah. We can still put that in there. All right. Wait, still going to be so cool? you got this crazy and lunatic we'll, we'll deal with it later. who takes a school bus full of children <laughs> to kill them and molest them. And then they kill him, and he comes back in their nightmares to kill their other children. And somehow he's the good guy? He makes puns. That's why. All right, sold. Let's do it. Write it up. He makes the puns. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's that thing on YouTube? Uh, Shit. Pitch meeting. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally a pitch meeting. Totally. Barely any inconvenience. Yeah, it's you know. So I mean, <laughs> Freddy's cool, man. I, I really dig the the ideas of where they're going. You know, with with Robert England specifically, what he does with Freddy. Uh, not so much the remake, which I don't know why you would fucking make remakes. I don't understand. I can't even. I want to break my desk when I start talking about remakes because it doesn't make any sense. Now that being said, I will stab a motherfucker to direct the next Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't have to be a reboot. That could be a continuation. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, well, I already wrote it, so mm-hmm. I just need to get Sean and Victor to stop fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so if you've if you've written Friday the Thirteenth, let me ask you: How many lawn implements does Jason use? None. No, really, no weed whackers, nope. no no pitchforks. Oh, I mean, he does at least use the machete. Yeah, right? he pulls a machete. He picks up a machete that somebody tries in my script. Someone tries to use a machete on him, and he picks it up, and that's what he uses for the rest of the movie. But he also has other things okay, he yeah. uses, like uh, his sheer power and the fact that trees will kill you. And, like, uh, um, you know, he has feet that can stomp your face into the floorboard of the cabin, and he can pick up a bed and hit you with it. He can slam your face into a door a thousand times. Okay, he doesn't need so to kill you with weapons. Dark uh, Friday the Thirteenth, less campy. Yeah, right. no camp, no it. camp. This is like what Friday, what Freddy versus Jason, but without the Freddy. Mm-hmm. This is okay. Jason's. I don't. Oh, it doesn't matter. It'll never get made. So who fucking cares? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Someday, maybe. Yeah, no. maybe. I doubt it. But in my script, uh, what happens is I I bring back every character that's still alive including Kevin Bacon's character. Well, I bring Kevin Bacon back who dies the same way with an arrow through his neck. And then he kind of has a little one off at the camp. <laughs> that's the only campy part in the whole movie where he's just like, come on. And then he dies. Not again. Yeah. Not again. <laughs> and then he dies only because people would real fans would be like, that's, that's hysterical. And that's what I love about. Now. Yeah. Uh, the kid, yeah. the kids are going to love it. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, 
for kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Hudsucker proxy. Mm. Yeah. Deep cut. Yeah. I can't believe so, the name of that movie. Mm. When uh, so when you were a kid watching this horror stuff, you mentioned that your parents had gone to see prom night in the drive-in, and you guys would rent movies all weekend. Were your parents horror fans? Or uh, anybody? In no, your man. They they uh, they were not. They were outside barbecue kind of people. Okay, and I was not. So I would rent okay. movies, and I would watch movies and read comic books and draw and write while they were outside with all their friends having barbecues and stuff. You know, okay. I wasn't really, they didn't really make me do any of that stuff if I didn't okay. want to. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit outside in the fucking heat all day. What are you, out of your mind? <laughs> you know, I'm nine years old. I'm not going to fucking drink a beer. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I did. Especially, but, not a, especially not a warm one. Right. Yeah. Give me that, give me that course <laughs> cold, really? dad. Give me a cold one. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Ain't no school um, mind drinking a cold beer. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> So let's see. So you didn't have family relation. It was into horror. You, you were initially scared, but that got broken pretty quickly because of what happened when you were six. Yeah. Um, did you participate it's in Halloween? Bring it up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That was something my mom was into. My mom was really into Halloween. Well, all the holidays, you know, okay. it was like her personal mission to like prove that she was better than everybody else for all the holidays. Uh, you know, so the house became, you know, a Christmas haven and Halloween. It was every decoration in the yard and, the, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't macabre or scary. It was like goofy, you know, but what yeah, was yeah. great about eighties decorations was those bright oranges and those, you know, those old style Frankenstein masks. And that, yep. that's mm-hmm. really what was like nostalgic for me was thinking back on it now was like, man, I wish I had thought better then because that shit was really hold on to some cool. of it. Yeah, well, she still has all of it. She has all that shit in a tow in her house in Alaska. She's got all of it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, now that I think about that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to, mom. I'm going to have to call mommy yeah. today. <laughs> right after that. Uh, did you have a favorite costume when you were a kid? <sighs> Sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Listen, if you don't have to mute yourself for it, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to stop you myself now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I just have a costume. No, I don't have one, man. I didn't, uh, you know, we did kind of like uh pretty elaborate costuming, you know, we'd mm-hmm. come up with an idea, spaceman, and then my mom would make it like I was literally working for NASA. So it was like, I, it was all, I had a lot of really cool costumes and I, I don't think I had a favorite. I don't, you know, I'm trying to remember them now. I don't, my most favorite costume is what I built for my daughter two years ago uh, when she was still in, um, in like a car carrier, you know, she I had this front, I had this front, I don't know, backpack you could, I could wear and she could sit in it. Mm-hmm. Like we go to the mall mm-hmm. and shit. And I built an Big entire, Daddy. I built an entire mech costume around mm-hmm. it yes so i could be in the costume and it looked like she was driving the mech uh-huh and i made the mech pink and, and shit pilot. i had jetpacks on it and rocket launchers and fucking yes. dude 
my wife was like, is this for you or her? And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Is the answer to that question. Yes. Yeah. Cause it took me like a month to build it, man. And it was just in the garage. And she's like, what is this? I said, it's a robot. (laughs) And she's like, what do you, I said, it's a mech. Really? You ride it. You drive it. She's like, you're driving. I said, no, Alexa. She's like, she's too young to drive it. I said, well, it's made out of of cardboard. (laughs) Like, you know, so. uh, And did I hear you right when you were saying this? Did you say it was pink? It was pink. I painted it pink for her. Nice. Yeah. It's like it was old school. uh, It was like post-apocalyptic pinky, you know, pink. It's pink undertones. And, you know, I had like bunnies drawn on it and shit because I'm really into like that. That that post-apocalyptic bubble gum. I call it, I call okay. it like bubblegum post-apocalyptic because yeah. it's like all bright and colorful, but yet the world's ending or over and nuclear, you know, it's, but it's cool. Right. I, I love right. it. It's a great, but I can still contract. be a girl. Yeah. 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 Did you have a particular love of dressing up or is it, is no. it, uh, how can I say this? No, 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 man. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get into acting until after high school. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to understand at this point is so there was, you know, like prom night, for example, you said you were scared when you first saw that cause you were hiding under the car seat. Yeah. Um, and then you had this thing at six that basically, you know, wisened you up and had something horrific happen. And after that horror didn't scare you, but, I'm also wondering how you. No, got I didn't to say horror didn't scare me. I said nothing no? scared me. Understood. Yeah, I, I meant to say that horror is a subset of right, the right. fact that nothing scared yeah. you. Yeah, but how did you then go from not being scared of it to loving it? That so I'm that piece is that missing will for me. All, well that would all be put together by this dude. His name is Sam Ramy, and yeah. I saw a movie called Evil Dead. Okay. And it was horror and comedy. And it was kind of the yeah. first one I ever saw like it. And it had already been out for a long time. I'd heard about it. I never saw it. I saw it in Fangoria. I saw Rami's name a lot. Bruce Campbell's name a lot. Uh, I didn't know any of these people. Just like Savini, his name was everywhere. I didn't know. I never saw anything with mm-hmm. him in it yet, though. Other than Night of Living Dead 2, Dawn of the Dead. It's a whole nother movie. It's not even part two. It's Dawn of the right. Dead. I sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I just took a really big bong hit, so uh, all is forgiven. Um, so anyway, so Rami introduced me to the fact that you could like mix the genres, which is kind of something I was doing anyways in my own style because I was doing... <laughs> I was just... Uh, writing these crazy ass ridiculous stories, and they were like kind of funny and you know over bloody, overly dramatically bloody, and and uh, I didn't. When I saw Evil Dead, I was like, "This is where." I How old were you when you saw Rami? Uh, <laughs> saw Evil Dead, like ninth grade, so fourteen, fifteen, okay. maybe. Because I remember you. I think you said you were in fourth grade when you were starting to write the stories and sharing them with your mom. Those are little. Those are a little bit more, you know, childlike. You know, ten page little short stories about Dracula or werewolf or witch or something. They were, they weren't really that. I mean, come on. I no, like I understand five, that, so but I didn't. I didn't really get into the understanding of, you know, context and shit like that until way later. Until I was like thirty five. 
Oh, no hero's journey. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't really understand reading until like last week. Like, <laughs> what are these letters? What are these symbols on this page? Yeah, I'm still trying to understand how the English language yes. works for real. Um, like, no, this word is awesome. Where I was going with that is so, so you had the thing at six, fourth grade would have been after that. So you had already started writing, and some of it was related yeah. to horror, although, like you say, kind of maybe goofy um and then you saw evil dead which made you realize oh wait a minute you could actually have a career doing this maybe yeah yeah well the next one i saw uh about the same because i saw evil dead uh like i said about a freshman so that would have been like uh 92 maybe Hmm. so in 94 this movie comes out by this dude who had made a movie that I saw years before that called Meet the Feebles, which was like this really ah. crazy puppet movie mm-hmm. out of New Zealand. So this dude comes out with a movie called over here. It's called uh, Dead Alive. Dead Alive. In yep. in Europe and everywhere else, it's called Brain Damage. I don't know why the fuck they changed the name. Uh, Is it Brain Damage or Brain Dead? Brain. Oh, Brain Dead. Brain Dead and then Dead Alive here. Yeah. Um, there are two versions, which I didn't know about this until I was in the video store. Uh, one is full on all the extreme gore, and the other one is a way toned down, all that gore is cut mm-hmm. out. I rented the super over the top gory <laughs> one. I didn't know, yeah. no difference. Didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying it like this is because at the same time, I realized that there was this other movie next to it, and it was called Evil Dead 2, which I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, I live in Ocala. It's a real rural country part of Florida. There's horses, and that is it. Mm-hmm. So my video yeah. store having any kind of new horror was like you had to get there at 9 a.m. because it was going to yeah. be gone. Of course. Uh, yeah. So anyways, so somehow I got Evil Dead 2 and, and Dead Alive the same night. I watched those movies for I, – I kept up those for like three <laughs> weeks because I watched them <laughs> – Every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. I just had the privilege, actually, to show my wife Dead Alive. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So that's a big step in our family, <laughs> just so you know. Did it go better than the thing with your son? Uh, yeah, well, about the same. <laughs> about the same. That's, that's nice, know. dear. Well, yeah, what I what I love is is she'll she's like, oh wow, that's a lot of intestines. Like, yeah, like, isn't it awesome? And she's like, yeah, like very frankly, like, yeah. like oh, that's a lot of intestines. And then she'll she'll get up, and I'll go in the bedroom. I'm like, what are you reading? She's like, okay, this mom, she was drunk, took all her kids in the car, and drove into a lake. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what fascinates you. I was like, I just showed you an hour and a half awesome movie, and you weren't even stunned. She's like, this. Is real. <laughs> I was like, you love some crazy shit. She's like, I know. This one's about a little boy who got burned alive by his dad. I was like, stop reading those. Because <laughs> I'll be laying in bed, and she'll just be like, listen to this. This dad cut this boy's arm off. And I'm like, why are you reading these fucking medical stories? Because she works at the hospital. My wife works at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's... she's uh, she used to work in the ER and she's an EMT and she's done some like field surgery and that kind of shit. And, uh, and now she works overnights and, uh, you know, which is tough, man. Cause she works like 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like these shifts are out of control. And sometimes she's got like nine in a row. Yep. 
<laughs> and you're just like, all right, I'll see you next month. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm up all day, and sometimes I'm not even home. Sometimes I'm gone for two months. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, so she's really into these real life horrible tragedies. And I, it drives me, I can't listen to them because I get nightmares. That's what yeah. gives me nightmares. Mm-hmm. Fucking real life bullshit the parents do to their kids. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, that's a whole Anyways. different kind of horror. Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Where were we? That's what I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think how we, I'm still trying to remember how we got from. Uh, I guess I was connecting when I started writing between the horror films and uh my horrible childhood <laughs> no no i got this i think it was uh steve was asking about when your uh interest in everything horror began you said it was probably around the time of evil dead but yeah it was like 94 it was like as i was getting out of high school um i started to develop my writing skills and here's where we lost joe for a couple minutes uh then his internet came back and we picked up where we left off we, well, you went from Evil Dead Two into creative writing, and your oh, teacher yeah. pissing you off. Oh wow, you didn't get any of that? No. Oh man, good. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. I don't want to hear that shit, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> In summation, Joe had a teacher who was a bitch in creative yeah, writing class. She bitch. said his work sucked, and uh, we're we're all planning on going to her grave and dumping a box of stuff onto her open casket. Yeah, that's that a good idea. There you go. This the grave of Mrs. Brown. <laughs> well, anyway, I wanted to go back before that anyhow, because uh, I mean, what you're basically talking about here is that in high school, you discovered a couple things like Evil Dead 2 and uh, Dead Alive. Yeah. And this experience with the teacher that pushed you into Crow. being a better writer. Yeah. However, you were already writing and already interested in horror before that. I was, I was, I was interested in, I didn't know it at the time, man, but I was really a cinephile, man. I really, I watched movies. I, my whole life was Friday getting up to the video store and checking out whatever I hadn't seen or any Mm -hmm. of the new stuff that had come in. So I'm not kidding. I would leave with maybe 10 VHS, you know, tapes, you know, just Mm -hmm. stacked under my chin. Uh, and then I would just sit in my room from the moment I got back to the house till Sunday night and watch everything I rented. And uh, my youngest brother was very much into Kung Fu. So he would get all the Kung Fu stuff and I was getting all the horror stuff. So we'd like trade off. He'd give me like a Kung Fu movie, you know, American Ninja 12 or whatever. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd be like, these are dumb. And he's like, this is stupid. But she never got, how, how did you get killed <laughs> by that? I was like, how's he fight nine guys at a time? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, you know, it was, uh, that, that was my life. And, and really what that bred me was becoming a script writer because I was Mm -hmm. watching everything. I was watching, uh, action films. You know, I was watching Kung Fu movies. I was watching horror films. I was watching, uh, international movies. It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, but I wasn't, I didn't know anything. There was no one else like me in my high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have, you know, I had some friends. They were like into like biohazard and shit or whatever. You know, I wasn't, I was, you know, I was like more into movies than I was in the music. And I, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all I wanted to do. And I didn't have a lot of friends who liked to just sit and watch movies. 
Okay. So as a cinephile, you're saying you were interested in like, like you say, all kinds of movies, not just horror. Yeah. But horror is a big part of my life. It is the biggest right. part. And that's what I'm trying to tease out is try to figure out why horror. Oh man. I don't know, man. It's just the most fun. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the most enjoyable, uh, outside of animation to watch. Comedies are great. I don't want to watch a drama. I don't give a fuck about dramas. I don't care. Oh, you got problems? Yeah. Welcome to the real world, bitch. Don't cry mm-hmm. about it. At least you get a diamond ring out of it and a beautiful sunset at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't like dramas. Romantic comedies are kind of fun. I've, I directed one called Mr. Engagement, but it's not my, it's not really my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love comedy. Yes. Chris Farley. I would have loved to have put Chris Farley in a horror film. You know what I mean? Like it would have been fucking spectacular. Yeah, I don't think he was ever in any. No, he never films. was. That's a fucking missed yeah. opportunity right there. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, but anyway, possible- so that that that's what I think. What drew me to the horror was the mysticism of it all. There's a lot more into horror than there is to any other genre, because horror leads to ghosts and goblins to supernatural uh, mm-hmm. entities, to uh, angels and demons, because that's all considered horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's thriller, uh, you know, serial killers, and it's, you know, uh, that unknown, and you don't get that with anything else. You know, a comedy is pretty straight and dry. So is a drama. So is a romance movie. You know, a Hallmark film is like, you know, you call that shit in the first five minutes. Oh, he's going to fuck that dude's wife and they're going to get married and he's going to cry. So <laughs> done. You know what I mean? And like, you know, in horror, you can go anywhere you want with it. And it's mm-hmm. still, it, it still doesn't lose its genre. You couldn't bring, I mean, I guess if you, you can't, you can't do it. Put, make a comedy about a guy whose son gets possessed by a demon. It's now a horror film. Yeah. You can't. I mean, you have so uh, it's the largest. I, I thought you were going to say make a comedy with angels and demons, and I was just going to drop dogma. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to say like, yeah, but even the, you have uh, horror is it's it, it is such a subgenre. It could go into any subcategory, right? You know, comedy, throw horror in there, horror comedy, romance, horror romance. Can it be done? Of course. Yeah. Of course it can be done. Life after Beth. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. Warm hearts. Mm hmm. You know? There's a TV show, I think, too. Yeah. Santa Clara Diet. That's kind of like a romantic horror. It kind of is, yeah. I love that show. (laughs) Uh, You know, so horror, I, I just, it's just, it's a. You know, I don't know, man. I'm just drawn to it. I just am. Well, the two things that horror and comedy, the two things that horror and comedy both have in common are, I don't want to say they're extreme, although that's also sometimes true, but it's, it's the excitement of crossing a boundary. Um, It's tragedy. It can be. It is. Because like, think about like funny moments, like even in Anchorman, the funniest moments is when he's stabbed in the leg, crying in a phone booth. (laughs) <laughs> you know, those are all tragedies. Yeah. Well, what's exciting about them, it, like I say, it's the crossing of the boundary, whether it's whether it's a positive violation of a positive or a negative, it's still a violation. And it's it's the unexpected 
that makes the shock. Now you can laugh at it or you can be scared of it, but either way it's a shock. Um, And what I'm wondering is I'm wondering if I'm going back to your experience with the fire. Cause you said you were kind of like a fight or flight mode. Sounded to me like, like you were fight. challenged. Yeah, I right. wasn't. That's running. what I'm saying. I mean, I was being carried, but I wasn't. Fr- I wasn't right. Afraid, but of you wanted fire. to fight it. I wanted to like extinguish it. Yeah, right. And I'm wondering if there's like some sort of adrenaline rush tie-in there. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just kind of like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's. Yeah, sticks. no, that's my everyday life, man. That's my now that you're <laughs> now, now that you're now that you're saying it. What, you know, I think of the wall or yeah, the adrenaline, totally. My house adrenaline is covered rush. in shit. Uh, <laughs> smells like fucking ass in here. Um, Need to get better weed. <laughs> trust me. No, no, it's the uh, good stuff that smells like ass, bro. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Uh, you know, no, I just kind of have that. That uh, I don't know, man. In my everyday life, I kind of look at life like uh, you. I don't, I try to teach my kids the same aspect that like, you're never going to accomplish anything. If you let fear stand in your way and there's nothing to be afraid of, there's nothing to be afraid of, man, because you, <laughs> you can either look at it and run away from it, or you can look at it and, and take it head on. And that's how I feel about everything, man. I feel about everything that way. I would not be as far as I am right now. If, I had not, if I don't look at everything as if I'm going to conquer it, all, including women, all of them, every mm-hmm. woman. <laughs> Got to clarify that. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, but seriously, like you have, I tell my kids that my daughter was afraid. We went to this new park and you kind of had to climb up this little ladder and go into like this little bubble and then up this bridge and you could go down the slide. It's really fucking cool. Very space age. But it was only big enough for one kid at a time. And she didn't, it was a little high and she didn't want to do it. And I walked her up over to it and she didn't want to do it. And I said, baby, it's just a ladder. Just goes right, right up there. Look, it goes from there to there. And all these kids are doing it. No, daddy. All right. Why don't you go swing for a little bit? She comes back and I see her looking at it. I see you want to go up. And she's like, no. And I said, I said, Alexa, I said, the only way you're going to find out how fun that is, is if you crawl up that ladder and do it yourself because no one's going to do it for you. And the only way you're going to get to see how fun that is, is to conquer your fear of this ladder. And I walked away and I sat down for a minute and I watched her go swing on this little thing. And she came back and I watched her go up that ladder and down that slide on her own. Mm-hmm. And then she came up to me and she goes, I did it. I said, I saw you. Hmm? She's like, yeah, I'm not afraid. I said, don't be afraid <laughs> I was like, don't be afraid of anything. I said, there's nothing to be afraid of. Because, you know, things can only hurt you if you don't react. Mm. You know, and that's my life. That's how, I, that's how I've done it, man. The car accident, the fucking, you know, uh, I had a gun Is pulled on me. Is it the thrill of the challenge? No, man. It's not. There's not a challenge. What do you mean? Challenge for what? Writing? <laughs> I mean, I just sit and write. That's not a thing, you know? I go out and I get investors and I get my movies made and, you know, I bring people together and make feature films and I talk to whoever I need to to get it done. It doesn't, none of that scares me. My, my, I have an autistic daughter. She's adopted. And she has an ADA therapist who comes here, which is an at-home therapist. Hmm. And she comes in and... uh where was I going with this? 
Lack of fear? Anxiety. Anxiety. She goes, well, everybody suffers from anxiety. I said, I don't. And she's like, you never get anxious? I said, no, why? I said, I'm either going to do the thing I'm looking at or I'm not. There's no reason to be afraid of it. I said, I got on stage, my improv troupe over for Dave Chappelle in front of 30,000 people. Wow. I said, so? We were there. We did it. Wasn't no anxiety about it. It was awesome. I'd say that probably had a good hand in your lack of uh, anxiety about uh, just anything. Public speaking really helps with that. Yeah, too. Yeah, I do that a lot, too, you know. But I don't, I, I try to, to, you know, bestow this upon my children to say, don't, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's, at night, in the dark, nothing. I mean, Do you think you already felt that way before the fire? I don't know. I don't remember much before the fire. You know, I was six. Fair. I remember the fire. That took a good portion of my memory. Yeah. Uh, Understandably. Weed has erased the rest of it. <laughs> See, I have a so, theory about that. I don't think it erases it. It just buries it under piles of resin. And you it's true. You know, it. I'll scrape it every once it. in a while. Be like, oh, there it is. I told you I had a memory of me on a slide. Aha! <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't, uh, the horror stuff. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I just, I love it. It's, it's something that I feel is fun. It's fun to get in and act in the, those scenes. It's fun to get blood sprayed on you. It's fun to, I think because it's so far out of reality that it is for me that it's it's fun it's not going to happen this you know i I don't think a real ghost is going to come in your house and strangle you to death well no no, because they're spectral and they can't interact with physical right yeah duh Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) you know uh, do you have is there a chance of a of a a murderer breaking into your house yeah but it's small it's small and daddy's here and you know i got guns so you know all right. Uh, so let's jump forward into teenage sure. years and just run through some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned uh, Dead Alive, Evil Dead 2. Um, what other stuff jumped out at you in your teenage years as being impacting? Um, like as far as any kind of influences, uh, positive or negative, into your interest in anything horror? Uh, let's see. Teenage years. Let's see. Um probably all the slashers i mean if that was yeah like it was 80s. all that it was the it was i yeah it was the 90s i was a teenager so it was okay bad horror films were coming yeah. out yeah uh, the 90s, 90s were, didn't uh, have good horror they yeah, had scream like the, which everyone's like he's an yeah. icon and the fuck that bitch he knows <laughs> icon get the fuck off this page with freddie and jason i mean of there. the 90s horror films that was probably one of the better ones there was there's was a lot of hot trash there yeah. was some horrible movies. Yeah. But movies that really like that I enjoyed the most were things like, I mean, I'm a John Carpenter fan, you know, yep. all, all the way through Big Trouble Little China to the thing, all of it, man. His music is crazy and wacky and I love him. Uh, you know, I, I love Tremors, man. Tremors is one of my favorite horror comedy action movies. That's the kind of shit I want to make where it's a little bit of action, a little sexy. There's a girl in her panties. There's some giant monster trying to eat you. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I want to do. It's fun. It's, it touches on all subjects. You know, you can have heroes. You can have an antihero. You can build, you know, your monster can be your hero. Whatever the fuck, you know, like that's critters. Those movies were fun to me. 
you know? Did you, by high school, I think you had even said in high school, you didn't have a group of friends yet that, uh, liked horror too. Not really, man. I had a couple friends of mine. I realized how, like how different we were when I got all my friends together to introduce them to this new movie that I watched that I thought was fucking hysterical and every one of them hated it. And that was no. So I married an ax murderer. And uh, uh, they didn't like that. No, they Harriet, hated it. Everyone, Harriet. I ordered this big cappuccino. The <laughs> woman. No. Yeah. They hated it, man. They hated all of it. And I remember like that was my eighth grade. That no, when was that? Ninth. I don't know. Fucking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. At that point, I only had like two friends left. I didn't really have a lot of friends, uh, you know, because I didn't really socialize outside of school. I lived way the fuck out of the middle of nowhere. It yeah. took a car to go anywhere I wanted to go. So I didn't really have a lot of friends. I had movies. That's what I had, you know? Yeah. F- Florida is pretty bad about that. P- large swaths of Florida are. Yep. There's no public transportation. And if you don't have a car, that's it. Yep. You know, goodbye. Yeah. Trailer parks. There's lots of Palmetto. There is lots and of that. Palmetto bugs. And yeah. Lots of those. Yeah. You guys are naming all the great qualities Florida has to offer. <laughs> it's also hot and there are right. uh, assholes here. There are sharks and alligators. Mosquitoes. Yeah. And you got alligators on the inside and sharks on the outside. <laughs> and mosquitoes in the air. Tangents. Yep. Yep. Sorry. So you mentioned uh, the car crash that was later on uh, in your adults. The Javany, you know, real life fucked up shit happened in your teens. No, nah, man. Not like you needed to. No, right? I didn't. My teens were pretty. Um, I mean, they were horrible because we were poor, you know, and I didn't have all the cool clothes and all that kind of shit. But that's like materialistic bullshit. But at the time, it was important. Mm. Uh, no, nah, man, my. I. I was a sophomore when I moved out. My parents moved away and I stayed in Ocala to finish high school. Okay. As like uh, a, uh, what's the word? Emancip- emancipation? No, they just left and I stayed. I didn't separate or anything. They, they, I had a, I had a very good friend of mine I worked with and she had a room and her daughter also went to high school and I was good friends with her. So she was like, why don't you just move in here and finish high school here and your parents can go where the fuck they're going. I said, all right. So that's what happened. Well, yeah, 95, I met a group. It was, I met a group out of Newport Ritchie called the Sidewalk Cracks. They were a sketch comedy troupe. And that was my first ever real uh, delve into comedy was doing sketch writing. The Sidewalk Cracks. That was 95. And I was with them for a couple years. And then that led me to tampa so i had a lull in there i don't think i talked about between like high school and tampa which was a sketch comedy troupe called the sidewalk cracks i was young i was like 18 19 i did that till Mm -hmm. i was like 22 or something came to tampa did the uh the beat the dead horse then i went to chicago i did a couple movies in there in between there too i was flown to miami to shoot a movie uh right before i left for chicago and then I went to Chicago, came back, started Caffeine Kids. In there, I was writing scripts. Somewhere in there, I was making short films. And then in 2001, I did Unearthed. Uh, 2003, I was married. I went to England. I made four films in England. Yeah. And then in 2000, 
seven, I moved back to Tampa and I started the Tampa Film Network. Uh, me and Chris Woods, uh, who's oh, another I'm filmmaker, talking. we started the Tampa Film Network together. And then uh, the Tampa Film Network just recently changed its names to the Florida <laughs> Film Network. And we got like, I don't know, 50,000 members now or some shit. Nice. Yeah. We've actually talked to Chris Woods. Yep. Yeah. He's cool people. Uh, hmm. So this 95, the uh, sidewalks, Sidewalk Cracks sketch group. Yeah. Uh, it, that was in Ocala? No, that was in Newport Ritchie. Okay. They were out of Newport Ritchie. I was in between Tampa. I was at Tampa then. But we did it in Newport Ritchie. But you guys were making a living doing that? No. No, man. Mm-hmm. That was shit. We got together on the weekends, and we we got together during the week. We wrote our sketches, and then we shot them on Saturday and Sunday, editing them. We'd shoot, one on, you know, shoot as many as we could on Saturday, edit them that night, shoot as many as we could on Sunday, edit them, because they aired every Monday night on TCI Cable Channel 5 at 10 o'clock. And it got to okay. a point where... We couldn't really go anywhere. I couldn't like go to the grocery store because people were starting to recognize us as the sidewalk critics. Because I was doing I was doing shit before Chris Farley. Like on 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 public access, we like I was already like my goal was to get to SNL, really, in the end of it. Like I wanted to be on SNL by the time I was twenty five. Okay. I wanted three films in SNL by the time I was twenty five, and I had three films in Second City. So I was pretty close. Yeah. I was pretty close to my goal. And uh and then I came back and did I started another improv troop. Uh, so anyway, so Sidewalk Cracks, Beat the Dead Horse, Charming Hooligans, Caffeine Kids. Those are all my sketch improv troops. Okay. Nice. Yeah, with that part of it, you definitely take a different uh trajectory, shall we say, compared yeah. to any of the other people we've talked to. Uh that's interesting. Uh, just let me just look through the teen questions real quick to see if we missed anything there. Halloween um, favorite costume, yeah, least favorite costume. Just gonna say that, yeah. But we did that. Uh, we did that for childhood, but we didn't really talk about it in your teen years. Yeah, I didn't dress up in my teens. No, did more parties. No, I don't no. drink. No. Okay. Well, and and he said he lived out in the boonies and didn't really, you know, yeah. have a car, so. Well, it's that much more time you can spend just watching horror movies. Yeah, that's, I didn't just. I, I, yeah, I didn't really. I'm not a cosplayer, man. I'm not. I don't feel the need to, even as an actor. Like, I don't want to dress up at home. I don't. Feel, I don't have that need. I want to be a character. I will audition as a character. I will act as a character, but I don't want to dress up uh, and go to conventions as Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to, I don't have no need for it. I don't feel like, I don't feel uh, like, I, yeah. So uh, my daughters love, you know, I dress them up for Halloween. Halloween, we dress up all together as like a theme. We try to do a theme, the whole family. That's fun. But that's because that's my family and it's a theme and my kids are involved. That's different. Yeah. You know? No, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I don't mind acting out a role, but I had a bad experience in my childhood that turned me off to costumes and, yeah. and dressing up. Ooh. And so, yeah, I, I'll do the acting part, but I'm not a fan of a costume. Yeah. Um, in the interest of saving some time, we cut about seven minutes here. There, there wasn't really anything that was said 
here that isn't said elsewhere on the call. Uh, we just took the time to try to hammer out the order in which those things happen because sometimes the order in which things happen is important. However, in this case, it wasn't. Uh, the bottom line is just that Joe was very involved in the comedy scene for about 15 years and comedy is just a very, very important thing in his life. Um, normally I try to make the edits in such a way that you can't even tell that they happened, but to be completely honest, there was nothing I can do here that wasn't completely obvious. It just, it is what it is. So putting this here to let you know what happened and we'll pick up and move on. Okay. So now that we're in adulthood, uh, you're, you moved to NPR and then, uh, yeah, NPR, sorry, Newport, Newport Ridge. Newport Ridge. For, for those who aren't around Florida, not the radio station, um, the place. Yes. <laughs> uh, then moved to Tampa, um, doing a lot of improv stuff. Were you still, you know, getting your horror fix, shall we say around this time? Or like, had you drifted away from horror and then came back to it? Like what, what happened there? No, I was still doing my horror stuff, man. I was still writing horror screenplays and I was still watching horror movies and I, I, <laughs> I, now it all makes sense. Uh, I created this sketch, uh, about happy, the clown who was like, tries to do all these, <laughs> tries to do a kid's party. And then eventually ends up ripping this dude's intestines out and shit and trying to make new medals with those. So hmm. now I kind of see where Gertie comes from. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so I was still kind of doing my horror stuff. Um but the comedy really took over a good decade, I think. You know, mm-hmm. between doing the improv and then going to Second City and then coming back and having my own troupe at, at the improv in Ebor. And then I was teaching improv in Orlando at the improv in Orlando. Uh I was opening up for a couple guys, Bobby Slayton, Kevin Pollock. Uh, setting that aside for a minute, you know, going back to horror stuff that you were a fan of, not necessarily what you were creating. What, what kind of stuff was coming out in that time frame that you were a fan of? Who fucking knows? I don't remember back then, uh, in the 90, let's say that's 2000. Oh my God, dude. When did I do all of this? I got married in 2003. So it had to be between 95 and 2003. I did all of that. Uh, And then when I got back in 2007, I did some more improv. I still do improv. Uh, So what was the question? (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to think. What kind of of horror stuff were you a fan of in this time frame? Uh, Let me think of all my favorite horror movies, and I'll tell you if any came out in the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> no or late 90s early th- nah, 2000s nothing, man i don't think i like okay. i don't think there's a horror film i liked until uh saw maybe okay I mean, event horizon was 90s wasn't it it's not on my list okay it's not something i go back to yeah okay when was serpent in the rainbow oh i think that was that might have been 90s because that one's pretty cool yeah I mean, we had some remakes. Jason came. There's a couple of Jasons came out then. Yeah. I think Jason goes to Manhattan, and then Jason Ten eventually in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't count Friday the Thirteenth Part Nine as anything of Friday the Thirteenth at all ever. 
I really loved uh, Cab uh, Cabin Fever. I thought Cabin Fever was good. When did that come out? That's probably not then. That's probably Cabin Fever didn't come out till like what 2012. Yeah, I think that one was in the aughts. Maybe, okay. maybe earlier, like oh nine or. I don't know, man. I can't answer that question correctly because I can't think of any movie that stood out to me from high school till. And Joe's internet cut out again at this point, so we reconvened the next day and pick up where we left off. Uh, do, 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 do. We had briefly talked about uh, if there was anything in your adult life that you were a fan of in terms of horror. and Yeah, other well, I've been thinking about said- that. You know, we, we were talking about... I'll start over. Fuck. Hold on, sorry. There you go. Um... You know, I started thinking about that, and I'm kind of glad I had a little bit of time because I was thinking, like, what really inspired me it, through my, you know, mid twenties, and it it had to have been movies like Dust Till Dawn, and um, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, and mm-hmm. uh, let's see, what else was in that era? There's a lot of Japanese horror was coming out. Oh yeah, I think you know. Is that uh, when, uh, no, nah, Men Behind the Sun was way before that, wasn't it? I don't know. So, yeah, I think, you know, some of that's influential, too. You know, clearly, Dust Till Dawn was a great horror comedy. You know, yes, it was. That kind of broke some barriers. So, yeah, so that's what inspired me, like, in my, then, you know, to push mm-hmm. me into now, really, the catalyst. Because okay. I remember saying Dust Till Dawn, and I was like, I remember I went with a group of friends. This had to be 2000. It's got to be like 94, 97. Mm. Dust all I want to say no, but yeah, I think it is. 97, I bet. All right. So Cabin Fever, Dust Till Dawn, House of a Thousand Corpses. I haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses. Was there humor in that one? Oh, I don't think well, so. Well, Rob Zombie brings in a weird, grotesque kind of comedy. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, he's very, uh, you know, I mean, look at, you know, Sid Haig and, and that kind of stuff. So it's that character, True. Captain Spaulding, and True. Sherry Moon Zombie picked a guy's nose with his severed hand. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's comedy, right? Yeah, it's I would say so. Funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, at this point now in your adult life, had you? I mean, you did mention there was one person you worked with, but other than that, uh, forming that relationship, did you have a group of friends who were now also horror enthusiasts or? Still loaning it. Yeah, I mean, I did. I worked with a, a couple people off and on, you know, and they moved on with their lives, and I just kept going forward. And I didn't have a, I, I didn't have a set team until Sorority of the Dam, really. Okay. And now I have a, I have a pretty solid team. I, I've been well, and I don't just mean while. like a work crew. I mean like friends. No. Although, okay. I All mean, right. yeah, I don't have like. No, man. I, I, you know, these relationships in the film industry, they, they, they ignite this passion and then they burn out just as fast. Hmm. You know, you meet someone, you're like, you're fucking cool. You're cool. Let's do something. Make a project, blah, 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 blah. That's done. And then when that kind of ends, it's on to the next thing. It's like, oh, I haven't talked to him in six months. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he had a baby, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's right. like that kind of thing. So, so there is a social element, but it's kind of tenuous. Yeah, you make these quick little families that are that love you love each other for thirty days while you're making your movie, and <laughs> then it slowly dissipates. And over months, it, until the premiere again, you don't really talk to anyone. You don't like, you know. Actually, you know what? 
let's go back to some of the movies we just talked about. Yeah. Cause I realized that there was something I forgot to ask. Yeah. So I know that none of the stuff scared you because you said that you didn't really have a, a fear element to it, but it, was there anything that excited you about these? Yeah. What do you mean? Excited? Like, what do you mean? Like that? Like, was yeah, there anything that you saw from, that it was uh, like something that, that scared you? Like, was there something you right. saw that, that was cool that intrigued you? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean you know, Dust Till Dawn had this this retro kind of '80s feel to it, which I love. To use practical effects, I love mm-hmm. practical effects. I I don't I hate CGI effects. I hate like when they did you know, um, I Am Legend. You know, all that that was all dumb. Those digital creatures and shit that was so stupid. Especially it pulls the blood you right I mean, out of the moment. You know. Yeah. So, you know, there's often, uh, how can I say this? And sometimes both, but either people are afraid of things and they push away from one thing, which, which then pushes them towards something else, or they're drawn to something. Um, and so if there was nothing that was a negative, you know, pushing away from this, then I was thinking maybe there was a pull towards, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, dust till dawn, retro eighties, practical effects. Uh, so I'm guessing you didn't haven't been participating in Halloween as an adult, although maybe with your kids. Yeah, for sure with the kids. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, man. We dress up. Like I said, we dress up, man. Family kind of gets together and and does a whole theme, you know. Cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we try. I try. The kids don't cool. always want to do it. The last minute, they'll change <laughs> to a new costume. So yeah. you know, it's mainly for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do 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 do. Any odd or scary dreams as an adult? Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, yeah. I mean, but I don't know if any of that's led me to becoming the writer or horror actor or anything. You know, I, the, I'm constantly having whacked out dreams, <laughs> like you know, shit that don't make any sense. Lamborghini. Any reoccurring and, dreams? Uh, no. Okay. You know, not really. So, actually, the next couple questions are looking back over your entire life uh, as a whole. What would you say is your favorite movie? And then what's the movie that you've watched more times than any other? It'd be the same movie, Big Trouble in Little China. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's even my Xbox handle is the Jack Burton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Do you see any, well, other than comedy, because we've already touched on that. Do you see any common threads about what kinds of horror you like? Uh, Cannibalism, occult, metaphysical, ghost stories, body horror? I, yeah, I like I like supernatural stuff, you know, and and uh ghosts, goblins, werewolves, vampires, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, Any I idea find why? that really fascinating. And uh, that's what I strive to make, you know. <laughs> you know, idiots fighting witches and zombies and vampires and werewolves. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you said you started off with when you were yeah. uh, making the films when you were a kid, right? It was like werewolves yeah. and vampires. Any idea why you like those things? No, man. I don't know. They're cool. They're neat. Werewolves are awesome. Okay. Uh, I think they're better than vampires. All right. So, I mean, really the only question left is why horror? And I think we kind of beat that one to death. We can't really crack that nut with you. Well, Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, to expand (laughs) on it, we usually like ask, you know, you you can find these things that you like about horror and other genres like sci-fi or action. So, why horror? But yeah, like Steve said, I, th- I think we kind of got to the root of that one early because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, 
cool, I, I neat. Think, I mean, I think that my my main draw is that it's more fun than most genres. You know what I mean? It is a it's a fun genre to play around in. It's fun to watch other people do zombie films and werewolf movies, good or bad. That's true. I guess of the yeah. genres, really, other than straight sit and comedy, watch my romantic comedy. Even though I made one, I still don't want to watch it because it's like it's not anything I want to. I'm you know like I like the genre that I like, and mm-hmm. you know, will I make more mo- other movies? Yeah, of course. Other than horror, yeah. It, if the opportunity presents itself, of course I will. I'm not going to say no to a job, you right? Know? But my yeah, goal I- is to, you know, house this horror comedy just nugget right into my pocket. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suppose when you think about it, thinking about all the other genres, other than straight comedy, there is, is there any other genre that allows you to uh, incorporate comedy to the degree that horror does? I don't, no. I can't think of one like sci-fi no. comedy or well, well, I mean, the, same, horror, what the, horror, the difference between sci-fi and horror is sci-fi involves some sort of scientific element in space. It does, but the the amount of sci-fi comedy is very small. True. I mean, the only one that I can think of is uh, crap and Galaxy Earth. Quest. Thank you. Yeah, that's the ice only pirate. one I can think of. Two words: ice pirates. I said it. I've never yeah. even you and never I, even heard of it. Yeah, they had space rupees. Yeah, the space rupees. <laughs> okay, that I've heard of. My wife today. <laughs> Wait, what? You got to watch it now. You gotta watch that so. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you. All, yeah. all I heard was something about space herpes and your wife. I said, wait, what? Yeah. She no, ice pirates. They're space herpes. I was trying to explain the whole scene to my wife. It's, oh. Anyways, it's so weird that we brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought space comedy, and that's the first one that my mind went to for some reason. Yeah. Right. And I mean Red Dwarf, there's mm-hmm. that. But even I mean, other than those, I can't think of anything that really yeah, I guess comedy, because like whenever everybody thinks sci-fi for it to be successful, they think it has to be serious. Like it has to be a dramatic experience. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean there are moments of levity in sci-fi stuff, but like like we're saying, not not really to the degree that you can have a horror comedy. True. Like every other five minutes or you know thirty seconds of dropping a joke. <laughs> right. So comedy it is, I guess. <laughs> um. Before we wrap the call, do you want to pitch anything on the way out? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like, uh, you know, everyone can check out. He's going to give his Oscar speech. <laughs> yes, I'd like, I would to, like thank, to thank uh, everyone. My English teacher. Award. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. Uh, as a wrapping up, I'd like everyone to check out South of Central. That's right on YouTube. You can go check out South of Central. It's a comedy uh, series, 13 episodes that we produced here in St. Pete. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a fun little thing. And then Sorority of the Dam is coming out very soon. And then I got, you know, I got this high school thriller called uh, Beauty of Skin Deep on Amazon Prime right now. So, and that, nice. that's a fun little movie. You know, not a lot of comedy, not a lot of blood, more drama and high schooly things. But I was just going to say, fun, you did say high school. Yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun shoot, you know, and, and uh, it, it was a good cast. And I appreciated, uh, you know, uh, what people brought and and how how dedicated our actresses and actresses were and uh you know they paid off it's on amazon so that's cool yeah I mean, that's yeah what's wrong with that so nope. south of central and then story of the dam and beauty of skin deep i'm all you know and then i have books and stuff online too busy man as well yeah 
Well, thanks, guys. I had a blast. Sorry that it, you know, I, well, not that the audience will know it took two days to do this, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, they do now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the Patreon. Patreon. I mean, adults. thanks, guys. I had a fun for this hour. <laughs> yes. It was a good time in one day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for being yeah, a guest. You guys are great. Thank and, you so much. Uh, if you need something you. again, man, I'm here. Just hit me up. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Yeah. And thank you to anybody out there listening. Again, please do come visit us at horrormakesushappy.com. We've got a list there of people we'd like to interview and who we plan to interview. If there's anybody you'd like to see added to the list or you can help us get in touch with somebody on the list, let us know. Um, Other than that, just, you know, hit us up on social media. Let us know how we're doing. Horrormakesushappy.com. 